And so it begins. No one knows its secrets. It's like nothing you've ever gone after before. You make me want to be a better man. Welcome to Watching the Right Movies with the Rinkowski Brothers, the podcast for people that enjoy mainstream movies and are looking to branch out and would like some funny, or at least they think they're funny, Polish brothers to guide them. I'm Ben, this is my brother Nick. How you doing, Benny? Good, <clears throat> I'm good, Nick. So to, today I was just thinking back when we were growing up, I mean, we would watch, we would repeatedly watch movies more than once all the time, many times back yes. to back. Uh, I still remember a specific night. In- no, sometimes back to back. Yeah, no, I specifically remember a night in which we, from I don't know whatever time until the morning, we watched Ace Ventura just on a loop. I was about to. <laughs> that was the one that I was thinking yeah. of. I think I thought we only watched it four times in a row, it might- which is still six hours. Yeah, usually we watch it all day. No, it was through night. It was night. <clears throat> we like I remember. Then my then mom came down. We were still. We watched it whatever the fourth time in a row, whatever time it was. Uh, we finished it again. We just watched it all through a night. We probably took a nap, or you know, in the in there. I don't know how old we were. No, I you know I remember the only break being how long it took to rewind the yeah. uh, the tape. That I mean, that's so embarrassing for so many reasons. Uh, I, I saw that recently. I watched eighty percent of it. I can't you know picked it up yeah. towards the beginning and watched the whole thing. It is not good. <laughs> And it's not only not good, I mean, it's just, it's dated really poorly. Some of the bits work, but it's also really, like, I know this seems so obvious, but it's also dumb. So I was watching the sequence where he proves that the, that Roger Predactor couldn't have killed himself, you know. Um, And I remember thinking that that was... So clever at the time? Even, pretty good. Yeah, Yeah, and it's so obvious. (laughs) And so, anyway, just not a a very good movie. But, um, yeah, no, we watched it a lot. I mean, imagine that. Think about your kids. I I mean, we were older than both of our our kids are. But, yeah, but that takes, I hate to put it this way, a certain amount of, of, of attention span that I don't think exists anymore just because they wouldn't have to. That was, to a degree, a, a scarcity issue. Not that we didn't have other tapes, but we were like, that's just right. We didn't have every movie in the world, you know. I just don't see that happening. I think this is a good thing, in, by and large, that people aren't going to be watching that movie um, uh, four times in a row. But look, anyway. Look, I don't know. I think you're trying to defend our 10-year-old taste in movies. No, but no, we, but we, le- we legitimately love that movie and wanted to watch it. But yes, I, I will not defend it now. That was not what I, you really... Sent me off. That was not what I wanted to talk about. I more wanted to talk, and yeah, and I was. You mentioned our kids, uh, our kids being younger, but still, they will watch the same things, and pretty a movie multiple times. Yeah, uh, that's true, but not back to back. Well, no, uh, and so this is so much about back to back. But just now, as uh, as an adult in your thirties, what does it what does it take for you to watch a movie again, and how often do you do it? Usually, oftentimes has to be. Um, on the list for this podcast, yeah. <laughs> um, or some special anniversary. I saw The Godfather in the theater a couple weeks ago because yeah. it's the 50th anniversary of The Godfather. Um, or it has to be on television, which is which is really the very, silly. The rarest... You you do know how silly right. that is, <laughs> right? Because I could watch whatever I want. Um, but if I was looking at my letterbox of what I've watched in the last six months, anything I'd seen before, yeah was probably either for the, one of those two reasons. Um, some sort of special thing where I saw it in the theater or it was on this, you know, I watched yeah, it takes it. because of this, tw- 20 movies I've seen before, for the most part, 20 movies I've seen before um, a year. Or, again, just the rarest blue moon thing where a weekend comes around and I've got time and I'm not reading anything and there's nothing out I want to see um, <clears throat> where I may watch something. Well, and you didn't mention, and you yeah. have two hours, which... As yeah, a father yeah, of two, right. it never happens. <laughs> yeah, but you've got, as a father of two, you've got a lot of eight minutes. I mean, very rare do I sit down and watch the whole thing. Even these two movies, the movies we're watching for the next couple episodes are pretty short, uh, but I didn't watch them all in one setting. And when, do you, when did you switch to be able to watch a movie in 10-minute chunks? 
Uh, Rocky was born on March 20th. No, you were doing it before then, even. So I guess because you. T- I remember you. I don't think so. I remember you even telling me. Well, and we and well, we, and we started this podcast before Rocky was born. So I yeah, think you okay, were doing it then right. because I remember just being like, "Man, I do not have." I don't know, like whatever three and a half times. hours to watch the leopard, uh, <laughs> uh, and you were like, "Oh, I just watch it and have." Yeah, I, I definitely don't do it, but now I will be honest. Yeah, it's because of this podcast, and now I watch movies yeah, in maybe quarters or halves or thirds, which I never would. I mean. I feel like all these things we're saying what would sound like heresy to us as kids. Seen before? Yeah, no, I know. And it is heresy. I mean, yeah. I wish that wasn't the way. Ten minutes is extreme. Yeah. I think back before, I still like to, if I can, it's a two-hour movie, break it up into an hour and an hour. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not saying it hasn't happened where I've watched yeah. a movie. And uh, in today's movie, I watched like that, an hour and an hour. <clears throat> or an hour and the remaining 40 minutes. Um, what percentage, though, of the movies on this list had you seen before? It's not very high. I'm talking about all the seasons. Of the oh, podcast. all the seasons? What'd you say? Uh, I'm just mocking. You're mocking me, and I'm fucking uh-huh. hurt. No, no, uh, no, no, no. No, that's, not, that's the whole point of this. I'm just counting right now. Well, you know, I don't need the official well, number. I, I, that, I, I don't know if I'd be able to get... 5% no, on a season, no, maybe? At least, no, no, no. Actually, this season particularly, I'm I'm at like 9 I'd already seen. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, I guess I'd have to look back. I mean, American Graffiti, Widows, oh, City sure. of God, yeah. JFK, oh, yeah, right, uh, right, Heat, right. Okay, uh, okay. this one... <laughs> He do was the right thing. Thinking, so yeah. for me, wait, have you seen you'd seen this movie. We'll get to this yeah. movie. I, I I didn't know you'd seen. This. Uh, well, so yeah, let's get to this movie, which is Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Uh, and I why did you I brought it up because you yeah, said that you you said that you do sometimes listen. You sometimes listen to a monologue from this movie. I mean, listen, watch oh, all the time. And so you yeah. said that there's definitely you listen, you watch <clears throat> clips from movie, you know, from your favorite movies or things. I guess all the time. <laughs> Yeah, this one I've yeah I've seen the the copies for closers and because it's just a terrific scene and my made my favorite speech movie speech of all time multiple 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 times to the point that I've seen them way way more in the movie and yeah. forgot certain details about not not the the closers bit but the speech which I was shocked to find was it happened during the day in my mind it was late at night. Yeah. Um, again, my my memory, as we've discussed recently on this, yeah. <laughs> um, memory for those sort of details is pretty rough. But but you but you I mean you didn't you remembered all the speech, but you didn't remember when it came in the movie. <laughs> oh, I remember all the speech. Yeah. I thought, and it's so clear now that it happened during day, yeah. and it's even set dressed that way. I guess I don't know where I thought those shadows out yeah. the window <laughs> were coming from, but in my mind, it happened late at night. My mind, the whole movie, I my memory, and I've seen this movie a couple of times, but my, my memory of the movies that happened overall in the span of one long night. Right, but there's actually quite a bit that happens the next morning. <laughs> yeah, well, it's half the movie, right? Yeah. You know, 40% of it. Yeah, so let's give proper introduction to what we're talking about. This is James Foley's 1992, you know, came out the same year, I think, of Ace Ventura. <laughs> so they're both in Oscar contention at the same time. Um... Glenn they, Gary, they, Glenn they, Ross. they won the same amount of Oscars. They <laughs> <laughs> did. A few different nominations, though. Um, yeah, starring, I mean, one of the all-time Murder's Row. Uh, uh, oh, boy, that wasn't an Alec Baldwin joke, I swear. But it is one of the all-time great casts of, of like, as I said, all-time. We've got Alec Baldwin, we've got Jack Lemmon, we've got Ed Harris, we've got Alan Arkin, we've got Al Pacino. Um, who am I missing? Jonathan Price. Kevin Spacey. Uh, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, a couple of these people are canceled now. Um, you know, others are have, have, have moved on. Um, but it's it, for what it is, it's a great, great cast. And that's really all the people in it. Well, yeah, there's not person. many other people in it. <laughs> right. Um, and that's because it's based on a 1984 play by David Mamet, who wrote the screenplay here. He won the Pulitzer Prize for the play. Um you know, was not quite as lauded for the for the, the script. It's funny to me, you know, it is profanity-laden, which Mamet's work is, uh, uh, and that was, you know, had to be mentioned in the in any review. Yeah. And not that it seems tame, I and mean, they do, They it is going to be hard to quote certain things <laughs> yeah. without uh, making modifications here on the podcast, but 
uh, it's it you know it's no worse than most of R-rated dramas you see. No, it, it does. I mean, watching it now, you're like, yes, there's definitely swearing, but it doesn't. But I think at the time it was seemed pretty extreme, right? I'm <laughs> sure it set a record. I think that record now is held twenty years later uh, by Wolf of Wall Street. I don't think anything's. Oh, that uh, even surpassed Good, good as far as I, thought, I always thought it was Goodfellas. Uh, I well then there you well, go Scorsese maybe yeah. <laughs> but Scorsese that would have come out before this that if true. that's true it has everything to do with run run length yes since both of those movies are nearly twice as long as yes. as this one so maybe that's it uh, but anyway yeah it's it's about salespeople who are also kind of con artists and uh, however I believe you're right I, also... I believe you're right Wolf of Wall Street uh, followed by Uncut Gems. <laughs> Oh, uh, Uncle Jobs. Followed by Casino. Let's keep it. So, yeah, Scorsese. Okay. He's, he's up there. Scorsese and or Safties. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the the, the Uncle Jobs is impressive to me because that's not that long of a movie, if I recall. Well, it's, it's just so around it might two hours. So yeah, it's really, it might get the highest. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, two hour fifteen. I mean, that's that's a health, that's a healthy movie, but it's still a good half an hour less than both Casino and Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, anyway, they're salespeople. They're up against it. The economy's bad. I mean, that's well, the context of this is pretty interesting because the movie came, the book, the play came out during boom times. The movie in a mild recession, and so uh, having never seen the play, obviously really well. Um, uh, well regarded um <clears throat> but it's you know it seems like if unless they've the unless mammoth changed it significantly to update it for the times um it does seem like times are tough you know that, that this is there's an economic anxiety there obviously yeah. individually there's economic anxiety because their jobs are on the line and they have they have got the bad leads yeah. uh but you know, I think it takes on that extra element in recessions, uh, which were not the case um, in the mid '80s. You know, when the play came out. Right. I do think that this. Uh, but I, I do think this has to have the record for the most use of the word "leads" in a movie. Oh, so many leads! The good leads, the bad leads, hot leads. I need the leads. Warm leads. New leads, the old leads. I need the leads. Got to get the, the leads. leads. Certainly, I can't think of another movie in which the plot revolves around getting. Leads. Well, I can't think of a movie in which the word leads is used more than once. <laughs> and it's like every, uh, not, not in, every sentence. In that context. I mean, yeah. surely I can think of something. He leads with, you know, he leads he leads with gusto. Yeah. He leads with, you know. Say more than once. Maybe a dancing movie. Yeah. A dan- oh, Take you know, the lead. a commentator. Take the lead. Uh. He leads with such grace, but yes. And you don't even really know there's... So many have seen, again, I've seen certain portions of this movie a lot, and having seen it in full context two or three times, it's got a bizarre title. Yes. That's <laughs> a mashup of, like, two different totally innocuous details. Yes. That... The characters are mentioned frequently that we never see. Uh, and I'm not saying these are bad right. things, but, in, in, I mean... Uh, again, during my favorite speech, we hear about Lemkin. Now, who's Lemkin? <laughs> now, if, you're, if your goal is to find out, you're, you're going to be disappointed. Uh, and if your goal is to make money with this, you're also going to be disappointed because it was a box office failure, right. partially because it's got a nonsense title that doesn't have anything to do with anything. Uh, and it's about as, it's the bi- one of the biggest downers in the history of the cinema. I mean, it is just brutal. I see, I see what you're saying. It, I mean... It's definitely not uplifting, but I, I mean, I think we've watched, I mean, I mean, Raise the Red Lantern is a lot more brutal to me than this was. Uh, I think because, and maybe it's because, again, these guys are these real estate salesmen that, I mean, I do have sympathy for them, but kind of I don't, right? I mean, right, you're kind of just like, these guys are scum. I don't really care if this guy can't get his act together let him get fired his his whole job shouldn't exist you know he shouldn't even be doing what he's doing so screw them all is a little is why it's hard for me to feel so down i guess but i guess that's kind of the point you're just like is this just what america is Uh, just you're not wrong i mean it i think it's both sympathetic and um 
disdainful of them. And I feel both of those things while watching it because they are moving this... They're taking people's money for what they... I don't know if they know it's garbage. I think they just know that they're, they're trying to sell this crap. And the whole complaint... You know, at the beginning of the movie, is that they've got these crappy leads. Not that the leads are bad, but that the the, the real estate that they're selling is garbage. Uh, and yet, throughout the movie, they find ways to sell that garbage, which yeah. means that people are parting with money <laughs> to buy garbage and real money here. You know, the Jonathan Price character again in my memory. Uh, I, I don't. Know, in my memory, he killed himself. I, I meant. I, uh, so again, my, my memory for <laughs> <Wow>. details. <laughs> I knew he tried. I knew he tried to get out of the deal because, yeah. uh, and was sort of a pathetic character, and he is a pathetic character. I think I feel like you're conflating uh, but, it with uh, Boiler Room. <laughs> I've not seen Boiler Room, uh, or so it'd be difficult for me to do. Well, that. that's but uh, yeah, no. Boiler Room similar in that it's. Well, that's one with uh, Urbisi, uh, G- Giovanni Urbisi, Urbisi yeah, and Ben Affleck, and ben Affleck but Giovanni Urbisi is the he's the He's in this thing where they're just selling like junk bonds or something, and he feels guilty about it. And yeah, he gets some guy to basically lose his whole. Uh, and I can't remember if he does. He feels real bad for destroying this guy's life. Is you know is kind of where he yeah. that he that he brings down the whole operation uh, in that one. Well, <laughs> uh, I yeah, I had just forgotten about. I know that you think this is crazy, but I'd totally forgotten about the entire theft. What? That is the plot. I mean, that's the only part that is a plot. (laughs) Yeah, and again, I remember the Felix, the downer. So I was like, there's got to be a suicide here. (laughs) My only memory of this is that this is just a depressing, um, you know, critique. Uh, But yeah, that's the plot. Yeah. Um, It's a it's a sales contest set up by Alec Baldwin in an eight minute scene that. You know, it doesn't. When I say it feels longer, it has more weight than you would think. Because again, he is on the poster, even though he's only in it for eight minutes. He, he's no, he's nowhere else in the movie. And in fact, um, they it's re- a great. They wrote that part just for the movie. It's not in the play. Uh, really? Yes. Although, oh, what a bummer for people who go to the pl- well, movie play. I guess a lot of amateur productions put it in. Because we'll why in. wouldn't you? <laughs> you have all the dial. I mean, why wouldn't you? Uh, right. Yeah. And for people who haven't seen it, because I said it was a box office uh, flop, and I think that's true. Uh, ex- and I think, though, it has become um, a cultural thing to a degree. Yeah, the, the, uh, the, the, know, the, the al- always be closing, the coffees for closers. Yeah, that portion, to be yeah, sure, the, because I mean, you can't make fun of it. somewhat famous. Right. You can't make fun of it on Saturday Night Live to the degree that they did with that Glengarry Glen Christmas. Yeah. And that it goes deeply into it. Um, but, you know, it, like Greed is Good and Wall Street and all that kind of thing, it's, it's become a sort of um, totem for the excesses of capitalism. But also, it is. It but, but just like Greed is Good, just like Wolf of Wall Street, just like Wall Street, yeah, it has become co-opted by the douchebags right. that this Correct. is trashing. Correct, right? Like, there's nothing. I mean, there's nothing more that you know some Wall Street day trader would want to do than say, right. "Always be closing." Like, they use always this right. as like their totem of what's so great about their life when it's really what's so pathetic. And I think if we know anything, you know, everything we know about douchebags <laughs> is they will co-opt yeah. the very thing that's mocking them. When you <laughs> That's right, but it, yeah, so yeah, it, it's, that is frustrating, I won't deny it, but yeah, Baldwin's perfect in it, oh, and the whole scene is great. He's so good, I mean, uh, I mean, and the writing he's, he's, is just He's excellent. like a young Jack Donaghy, is what he is. <laughs> right. Uh, well, sure. Which actually makes it hard to watch now, after 30 Rock, for me, uh, because I definitely, when I'd, I'd, I'd seen it before, but it was before 30 Rock even existed. Uh, but it, but yeah. it's so well, good when before. he's just talking about, you know, his BMW, and his watch, and... You're like, yeah, if that were something that I was into, I would think this guy's so cool, but I'm just like, what a, like, what a tool. Oh, terrible. <laughs> yeah. Who am I? Who am I, pal? A few. You know, this watch that's, costs that's, more that's, than your car. That's, that's right. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All of that. I mean, there's five or six just 
things that you cannot say. I don't think that Rancho, real Rancho Properties has an HR department. Uh, and that's the setup of the contest. First place is the Cadillac Eldorado. Second place is a set of steak knives. Third place is you fired. And there's four of them who work there. So it's not looking good, especially for our older salespeople like Alan Arkin and Jack Lemon. I'm sure these people have names. Obviously, Jack Lemon's... Shelley. Uh, Jack Lemon's Shelley... The machine, Levine, yeah. um, but we'll just go with the the actors' names for the time. And being. Roma, um, Roma is Pacino. Ricky Roma. But any, Ricky Roma no, everyone else's yeah. name, I couldn't tell you, <laughs> no. including uh, particularly Alec Baldwin, because in the credits, his name is Bla- his name it. is Blake in the credits, which is never said because the only thing he says his name yeah, is right. yeah, a few. <laughs> when people try to find him. People try to find out who he is. They ask him a couple times. Yes. And he, he does not explain by way of a name. He explains by... It's just the mystery the man that shows up to motivate them. You drove you to motivate. So here's... Right. And so... Go ahead. I guess, yeah, let's get into... Here's what my th- question is. Do you think, say, our children seeing this movie 10 years from now when they're old enough to get this movie, do you think there's any way they can get it? Because such of this movie is... It's not even just 80s, 90s technology, which it is. Like, why do they go to the Chinese restaurant to make calls from a payphone? Like, what's a payphone? Uh, right? sure. I mean, payphones, note cards, the, the fact that this isn't in a digital, right? Like, all there's the technology stuff, sure. But even, uh, even the, okay, this job does not exist anymore, right? I mean, right. Uh, at least of cold, of like, of not even being around a property. I mean, right, we have real estate agents, obviously, but like this real estate, brokerage that doesn't even that just shows up to you without without know. actually uh was this ever a thing like so people would actually I buy right. houses I, I without going to the house <laughs> yeah i don't understand this i don't understand the job yeah. <laughs> right That's what so I'm saying. i, I, feel, I feel like we vaguely get it but don't really get it but at least are close enough <laughs> i feel like you know for our children it'll be like i remember like us reading what? like reading books uh you know like little house on the prairie old books in high school and just having little notes about this mm-hmm. is what this thing did and this is what this right. meant to society like this is what the kind of notes that people need this even just 30 years later because it's so foreign <laughs> the things that happened to this movie th- would all be not happen in today's world i thought you meant like just how mean they were to each other well i'd like to th- working i'd like to think that <laughs> But I mean, and I, that has but I mean, to be Silicon Valley. I mean, but I mean, for but, the but time. I mean, Silicon Valley tech bros are like this. Yeah, it's just about. Well, yeah, but, right. And, and also, like, why are they working at night? Why? I, I, I understand. I wonder that time I, the meeting was called at night. Yes, but isn't that then their prime time to be calling? The, well, I guess that's what they're saying is that you call after dinner or during dinner. Right, but then why do you have? Yeah, your, a lot of this won't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure that they'll miss the. I mean, but even the finer points. I don't understand either, and everything being because a lot, some of the plot does hinge on deals that are signed um, on quote the line that is dotted, uh, yes, but not being finalized, right? Uh, both with Jonathan Price's character and then later on, um, you know, with the couple that that uh, Lemon thinks he's back based on so right. anyway it's a yeah I, but i don't think is that the i think they could potentially although in 10 years benny we're talking maybe your kids uh yeah i guess i could show a 14 year old this but that'd be weird i think well, i'm just uh, saying when it would be more appropriate certainly than now yeah because i watched i mean effie she's one and a half she watched it with yeah. me at least portions of it with me today <laughs> she didn't get it all although she wanted to sit in my lap and watch yeah. it for a little while so she must enthrall to a degree or see what her some words you picked up. <laughs> you feel bad about that. Uh, uh, yeah, but beyond that, but, I mean, I do think it's really good uh, of just this, again, like I said, I feel like this culture goes on on Wall Street, goes on in Silicon Valley, still goes on sure. to some degree everywhere of just this putting money above all else, you know, and your job and just, and then, but then this specifically is, again, just spewing lies and how do you convince other people and just this, Right. That all everything is about winning. Like it's right again. Right. Closing. It's either win or you lose, and that's what life is about. Which just is a horrible life to live. And there's so much, you know, masculinity couched in there. In terms of you know, everything's about brass balls, and um, you know, there's some language that 
is it will, has not stood the uh, test. Of time no, but I mean, will be... the, but they're also bad people. I don't tr- think truthfully, I feel like it could have would have been, been more homophobic than it is. And again, sure, to be, it's to be displayed the... less homophobic than Ace Ventura. Well, yes, oh, hundred percent. And so, <laughs> I guess to me, like, what is having bad people be homophobic? Right. Should that be offensive? Or casually I, I don't know, you know, use, like, yeah. Yes, it's bad. And, and apparently, by the way, I guess what the what he what uh, Mamet did change for the when they revived the play is they took out the again, which is undeniably racist that he tells about the Patel family. Um, oh, I'm talking sure. about them praying to gods and stuff. Which again, I still I do agree that's racist and offensive. But again, to have sure. this offensive person use it, it's I guess that's always hard for me. But I also think it doesn't. Well, you don't you don't do lose anything out because he does. You know, you don't. Lo- I think just him talking about them, what they do to the gods or something what, that was you know, again pretty over the top. Okay. And you don't lose anything by getting rid of it for sure. But so I guess they've taken that out for the for revivals of the play. But, sure. Uh, oh oh, for the revivals of the play. Yeah. I thought you meant for the adaptation of the movie because I was like, he. I mean, they they're pretty clear who they're talking about when they talk about Patel. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but it, yeah, there's just this sad, faux macho. I mean, that's the thing. You watch that scene with Alec Baldwin, and you're like, I do not want to be this person. No. And that's what all those guys want to be. Because it's not even the same uh, as like Wall Street or Wolf of Wall Street, where at least at some level you're like, yeah, that looks like a pretty good life. That'd be pretty right. sweet. He still has to go to this crummy place. Yeah. I mean, if he, if he does he, own all those things, yeah, fine. Yeah. But he still has to, you know, um, do this, you know, just this deal with this sadness. I mean, that's what he, they're calling. They're pretending to be bigger than they are. They're, you know, making fake calls out to their, you know, when they're on the phone, they'll ask their secretaries to, you know, get... Because they don't have secretaries, and you know they're only in town for one night. It's just all lies and, and yeah. uh, you know shtick and all that. So it's it anyway. It's a brutal look at a job that may or may not have existed. Uh, when you know, but I I do think I don't know who it would be sympathetic to. Probably Lemon more than anyone. But even him. But they're all sad to a degree. And even he is, of course, he's desperate and conniving. Yes. And, you know, he does everything to try to get the leads. Got to get those leads. From bribery to blackmail to threatening. You know, uh, Williamson, when he's talking to Kevin Spacey, who is terrible. I mean, Williamson, too, uh, is incompetent. Uh, and, he's try- and I don't know why they don't give them the leads. That's a, that's what never makes that. sense. Like, what, like you want them to sell, right? So I, I realize you, you have a competition. Good but, yeah, exactly. Why wouldn't you give them the lead? I do agree with that. There's never any reason. I think that's probably the point of why he didn't <laughs> define that. Uh, and again, at least right. Mamet has said that he worked in an agency like this. Uh, is what he's based okay. it on. You know, based on his. Uh, uh, oh, and I know. I mean, look, if someone works in marketing. It's totally in a digital way, but getting leads, getting yeah. MQLs and SQLs, and right. Well, now uh, it's yeah, getting a list, getting the list from again, getting the list, the from, getting the list from the Target, funnel. getting Target's list of you know and that you do you right. hack into them. So like, I think we get the concept of yeah, having a list of people that will buy. Uh, but yeah, you say, you yeah, say, but it's just hard again. You want to be sympathetic to Shelley, old Shelley, because he's it's his daughter that's sick. It seems. Uh, yeah, but it's just hard when he's such a crap person. Oh yeah, no. Like, I, to me, I, to me, true. Roma is actually the most. Oh, I think Roma's the the because he never. Well, no, he does do everything to you know he lies to sell, lies but he doesn't. But he doesn't treat his coworkers poorly, except right. he does go pretty Which off on Williamson. True. Uh, well, and, yeah, but Williamson he doesn't respect. Yes, and then after and for good reason, him. he just cost me yeah. six thousand dollars. <laughs> And one cat. That's right. That's right, Williamson. It's my absolute favorite Al Pacino performance. Because it's so Pacino, but then also relatively normal. But then at the same time, not. And I feel like sometime in the 90s, he did Dick Tracy, and he was like, I'm never going to be normal on screen again, ever. I feel like it was Sin of a Woman. I feel like he got an Oscar for Sin of a Woman, and that rewarded him. This year. This very same year. So he he wouldn't have had that Oscar. I guess you're right. He He was nominated in this. 
Okay. Uh, and in the in the supporting, and then won oh, that evening okay. for best actor for Center of a Woman. That's a good year. And yeah, again, he might have just come from one set to the other yeah. and was still in hula <laughs> yeah, mode because yeah. even the first scene, it's like they're having a everyone else is having a normal bar conversation. And this is me. He's like, you're not supposed to drink. Yeah. When it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> it's too hot. But it's not hot. It's raining. Mm. Like us. <laughs> right. Correct. Uh, I guess it could have been hot. Just my right. But. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, I, I I don't know where they are. The play is set in Chicago. I, and again, in my memory, I knew that it was raining, but for some reason, I thought it was in L.A. What? Uh, it had some sort of desert okay, the, feel. The, the well, play is set in Chicago. You can see New York license plates. It sees New York. They, right. They talk the about New York. The they, they mention it like, New, like York New York things. That's right. So, uh, but I'm assuming so it doesn't it's, matter where it is. But <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, New York makes sense, except that the, the out of town somewhere, something like. You know, Jersey City. And then someone or, mentions or going or to Wisconsin. Not, and, and no one's going to Wisconsin from New York. No. Whereas going to Wisconsin right. uh, from Chicago, sure. But not, yeah, not but super the, important. The, <laughs> the sets we see of the streets uh, aren't certainly Manhattan streets, it doesn't seem to me. That seems to be deep suburbs with Long Island yeah, or Brooklyn Queens or something like that. Or, it could be. There, it could be. But the L, way they walk into those houses. Uh, but. Yeah. Yeah, there's right. There's no. So I don't know. It doesn't matter. To your point. Um, but yeah, they're they to get the mystery. The, the midway point. I'm assuming that's the comeback from intermission. As far as the play goes, right. someone has stolen the good leads, the Glengarry leads, uh, which is a which is I guess a, a type of real estate and Glen Ross. Is another. It was an older real estate that they mentioned one time that has no real. One time. It was just. It, one time. He's like, hey, remember yeah. the Glen Ross? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but at least they're always good, talking good about the Glen Ross. But the Glen Ross has nothing right. to do with anything. <laughs> nothing. Uh, uh, and so then the mystery is everyone is a suspect, except for Roma. You don't really think Roma did it. Uh, but Ed Harris literally talks about it with. Ed, with um, you know, so you think right. he's going to be the one because he sort of planned it out. And he is. And, and even, he does. He is in on yes, it. Yes, he does. As we it's find true. out, which you know. Yes, yeah. that's right. Uh, good point. Good point. But we think it's Arkin and um, right and because Harris. he's been trying to convince Arkin so now, to do it in a really jerky way to do it. Because yeah, like right. Ed Harris, God, he. I mean, he, he's, so, he's also so, been, I mean, you, he's so good at being whiner, a guy that you're just like, a right. whiner that's not working, that's lazy, and just whines about his, right. his lot in life, and then is willing to completely betray everyone. I'm just like, everyone. God, I hate this guy. He's, <laughs> and he's just very good. I mean, Roman I really like right. Harris as being a horrible person. Right. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, this is such a good performance by everybody. Yeah. And I do think he's the most overlooked of the really good performances. Yeah. Um, because... Well, I guess because certainly Pacino showier and and what uh, Lemon has to do is also a little showy, but yeah. also really difficult. Uh, and you know, is so versatile and changes all that. But being so sniveling and then also I don't know about respectable, respectable, but you get to you take him seriously, and then yeah, the the whining and the. Uh, I guess that's how uh, Alec Baldwin would call it whining. Uh, but they're pretty, you know, we've all had co-workers like that. Just, you know, then yeah. when Roma hits him, you know, nails it completely. Yeah. You, you know, when you're on a hot streak, it's all we hear about. Yeah. But then your pal, and you can't even let him have it or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I let him, uh, uh, and that's right. You know, you can tell Roma is legitimately happy. Although yes. for Jack Lemon, when he comes with a big sale and gets off a hot streak, yeah. although it did you, I don't know why, but you can tell he's skeptical of it. Yes, I think because they know, then I think he knows that whoever those people he sold them to are probably. And he, and, yeah, and, well, crazy. Yeah, he should be. Everyone should be skeptical. The guy who hasn't sold anything in a month suddenly sells eight houses. Like, there's no way. I mean, on the very night that he needs it, exactly. But, you would be skeptical. So again, that's why he's a good well, he's a good friend. The he's way skeptical, they talk he's, about hot streaks, yes. But, so, but he's like, yeah, I'll be happy the for lesson you. he tries to teach, the lesson he tries to teach Williamson is you never open your mouth unless you know what the play is. So he does ask a few questions, but you know, at no point does he say. And you'll notice Ed, that that can't be right. That Ed Harris is not there when he announces. Yes. 
who it was. And Roma, when asked about it, you know, kind of makes up their names. Ethel and who's it who? Uh, you know, he doesn't say their names properly. That might have been a, you know, a bit of a giveaway. If, they, if everyone knows that those are bad leads. Right. But then it does ask this question of why send these people out yes, of these terrible Yes, exactly. Why are you wasting uh, your money too? You know, isn't Rio Rancho, yeah. doesn't Mitch and Murray want to make some money? Yes. I, I, uh, you know, doesn't downtown, aren't they interested yeah. in giving the, because obviously these people can sell. Uh, so it's very odd. Yeah, and but I mean the scene that then, where Shelley gets a little too big for his britches, and he has to yep. like twist Over the knife speaks. on right. Kevin Spacey on Williamson, who does screw up, and in doing so reveals that he only he knew something about last night, and he would have, which means he was in the office last night, which means he is the one who did the theft, and then Kevin Spacey yep. uses that to then turn it back. I mean, you know figures it out uh, is pretty good <laughs> it's yes every that the last 20 minutes that pays off so nicely yeah. i mean paying off is hard to because it's so again i think depressing the the rat race how everyone's yes. willing to stab each other in the back williamson screws up first of all Price comes in, Jonathan Price, who has been sold this bill of sale the night before. So Roma has run away with the contest, it looks like. Uh, and he comes back in to say, I talked to my wife, and he's awfully pathetic. He, yeah. You know, uh, I've talked to my wife, I can't I do this, I my money back. Yeah. Uh, and Roma really does, I mean, he's working out this entire shtick yes. with... Jack Lemon about him being in yeah. from a you know something else and he can't talk right now and once we talk on out. Monday yeah. knowing that knowing that by Monday he can't resend the check yeah. uh, and then you know he's making up all kinds of things you know because the guy knows his rights I've got three days to to um, is that a thing I get I mean maybe I don't know <laughs> right uh, okay I've, I've got three days to to turn my mind around on this. Um, you know, and he, and he, you can tell, you, you can watch Roma trying to get a beat on something. Well, that's, that's still fine. I can't talk on Monday because it's, it'll be three days since then. No, no, it'll be three. It'll be three on Monday. Yeah, yeah. Three working tries days. Tries to play, three three working day. yeah, tries well, no, to play that game. Yeah, it's when, confusion. Like, it, you know, yeah. no, no, it's when the check, when the check has to be cashed. The check hasn't been cashed, yeah. so it's three business days. Uh, I know the rule. It's a good rule. I was on the board when we wrote it. You know, I mean, all of which, all of which you know, is just not true. Uh, and he, but he finally has him talk down, and you know if he can get him alone, that check is staying yeah. right where it is. he may not. He, you know, uh, and he's about to pull it off, and Williamson comes back and says, "Oh, we don't worry. We were broken in." Yeah. But and he even makes it out. I mean, when Alan Arkin comes out and is just. Because they're all being questioned by the cops. Yeah. I guess it's the cops, but somebody. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, apparently it's going pretty poorly. So Alan Arkin comes out to complain about how he's been mistreated. And that, to me, would be such a huge red flag if I was the p potential buyer. Yes. Uh, but Roma still works around that verbally. Uh, but he can't overcome the fact that uh, uh, Williamson says, no, don't worry, your check was cashed yesterday. Uh, you know, which totally back uh, contradicts what Roman was trying to tell him. And so then he, then he says, I want my check back and runs out of the building. And Roma gives Williamson what for and what is perhaps my favorite movie speech of all time. It's definitely my favorite Al Pacino yep. speech. It's definitely my favorite part of this movie. It's a great, great, great takedown that I use. I think of, again, I love my coworkers, but when I don't, <laughs> I'm constantly thinking of, where did you learn your trade? <laughs> You imagine yourself being Roma. <laughs> you are here to help us, not to screw us up. It's so good. He's he, and again has all the flourishes because he's being torn in two directions. The other guy, you know, the, the police questioner just wants to get let's get this yeah. done. That's another reason why I thought it was in the middle of the night because I always remember that guy being like, let's just get this done. Yeah. I'm gonna be with you in a minute. Yeah, no one, uh, no one really has any respect yeah. for that guy when they're outside of the room. No, no, no one has any respect for anyone who goes into that office. Yeah. Uh, you know, Williamson included. Uh, Williamson, most of right, all. Yeah. I mean, they all talk about how much they, 
you know, they can't stand, and that he's, they don't never reveal this, but there's suggestion that it's nepotism somewhere. Yeah, so, well, they, it seems uh, like it's his dad. Oh, well, I'm going to have your job. Yeah. I'm going to have, I'm going downtown. I'm going to mention Murray. I'm going to Lemkin. <laughs> and we're all supposed to know what this means. Like, I don't know who Lemkin is. Go to Lemkin. Uh, anyway, uh, but yeah. I don't care whose cousin you are. And then he says some other things, yeah. of course. Uh, but it's it's just a great, great, great yeah. opportunity. So I'm going to watch it when we're done here. I'm just going to watch it. Yeah, but, yeah. And I didn't mean to skip over that part, but yeah. And then again, that to me, then it's a good... Because then, again, Shelly's feeling all good. Right. All cock of the walk. Is yes, yeah, so Shelly then tries to, to pile to on and, and, and he, feel, he thinks he's himself. got a sale. And he already got rid of... He already stole the leads and sold them. Uh, but then he gives himself And away. so then he goes in this tailspin where he tries to save his backside. That is so pathetic and gets more and more pathetic. And is also pathetic. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's depressing. Nobody comes out looking good in any way, shape, or form because you watch that and you're... And you're... Williamson is such a snake, too, has absolutely no compassion, but enough to listen to the offer. That's the thing. Williamson just keeps telling him, I'm not giving you the leads, but then keeps waiting for the offer to get good. We definitely would give him the leads if he thought the offer was... Yeah good enough and would definitely not go to the police if he thought the offer was good enough but the you know the smug way in which he turns him in is just so um infuriating too but then he totally deserves it right. so it's exactly. like and the whole place yeah and we mentioned i mean we mentioned that yes kevin spacely right rightfully so is not uh acting anymore and is uh, right for numerous reasons but i mean this is this is one of those this is who Kevin Spacey is so good at being. Like the yeah, smart, true. smug, hateable, I mean, right, this <laughs> this is who he, I mean, he's good in this, as, as this contemporary Everybody's guy. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Kevin Spacey's not, not acting because he's bad at it. Yeah. Uh, he's, you know, we can, again, as you said, I don't have any problem with his career being over, but uh, I also have no problem divorcing those two things to say that this is a good performance by a very good actor. That person is also not a very good person. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, that's that has been outed. But anyway, yeah. yeah so it's a it's a great movie. Um, you know, a, a a lasting document, I think, to what I hopefully is a is a dying out rat race. But in some sectors, absolutely continues to thrive. It's lucky that this is in some of the biggest, most influential companies in the world, not just you know, run down second-hand con places yeah. like this place. Well, yeah, look, look if you believe that. the media, we millennials have abandoned that we don't know what hard work is and we don't want to... Oh, boy. We don't want to be a part of this okay. rat race, which I actually think there's some... I actually think there is truth to the fact that we're like, yeah, maybe working 80-hour weeks every week no, just to be move up the corporate ladder just to get the gold watch is not what we want. You know, uh, and mm-hmm. and I think that's being overblown that, you know, millennials hate that more. than. But I think sure. I would say more than other generations, we've been like, yeah, I'm going to take on my vacation or I'm going to uh, right. actually work. I just work with said he wanted to go more part time. I'm like, and he's like, I'm fine with the pay cut. I was like, good for you then. Sure. I, you do great yeah, work. I'm sure I love you on my team and you want to work less. And I know that great, you know, uh, whereas that would right. not have flown in the 80s, you know. Oh, uh, no. And so, uh, yeah. So maybe we will, ki- you know, we will kill this along with golf and the diamond industry and whatever else we're killing. Uh, <laughs> supposedly, uh, it's not the fact that we don't have any money because, <laughs> but you know, right. uh, anyway, then our children won't get this because they'll be like, "What kind of world was that?" I was like, "Well, it was called the '80s and the '90s." <laughs> right. uh, but that's what I'd like to say. Uh, only thing else, yeah, I think we. Someone skipped over how again Jack Lemmon is at being the sad sack that just, yeah. uh, that led to and, and he inspired Simpsons, Gil right. Gil from The Simpsons. Yeah, that's right. Who I mean, right. I, I remember learning that back when I saw this the first time. I was like, oh yeah, oh well, You're, yeah, that's couldn't. You know, I mean, like, it's so clear. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, like if you if you've seen this and then you see The Simpsons, you see Gil. You're like, yes, clearly that's. Uh, Jack Lemmon, you know, come on, get a sale for old Gil. He's just right. he's actually just much worse <laughs> at it than Lemmon is. Right. <laughs> Uh, and a big, pretty strong Bond connection here, Benny. Uh, oh man, am I? 
Oh, Jonathan Price, yes, obviously. And oh, yeah. Bad guy in Top yeah, End for Tomorrow right. Never Dies, which I love him. Uh, and Yes. Uh, totally different. I mean, what a perf- what a what an actor. Yes. These are two different um, characters entirely. Yes, he's much... <laughs> yes, and, he, and he's very good in this. Yeah, everyone's good. Uh, even, you were skipping... Uh, really, the only other part that really exists is the guy's... That he goes to his house and tries to sell him, and the oh, guy's yeah, just and not. He's quite good. And he's only so good because he is all of us when there's someone talking to us trying to sell us something we don't want. Of like, all right, uh, right, you know. But of course, it just they don't show up at your door anymore. But just you're like, yeah, that's what I am yeah. on the phone. I'm like trying to be polite, but I'm just like, I'm not doing this. You know? and he's like, my wife has got us on some list, which you can tell he's going to be pissed. <laughs> you have to tell her about it. Uh, but yeah, that that scene's good. Uh, yes, he's very Bruce good. Bruce Altman, the only other. Yes, uh, who I mean was an early nineties. Yes, yeah. again, I, you, I um, see him. I was like, oh, recognize character that. actor. You see, right, Mister yeah. Mister Big Chin. Exactly. What? There's some movie that he is like the douchey boyfriend that he's very good. The rookie of the year. Rookie oh of the year. yes, thank you. Exactly. Oh yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's the one who says "funky butt loving." I think <laughs> "funky butt loving." I mean. Uh, what a two-year <laughs> period he had. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I did not think we were talking about Rookie of the Year, but why not? Uh, 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 and Ace Ventura. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. More than once, you apparently. Uh, all right, you got anything else? I do uh, not. I guess the only thing else is, I feel like you see this movie and it is so obvious that it's a play, right? I mean... Uh, oh, yeah. Like sometimes no, I see movies yeah. that are based on plays that they maybe add more scenes... And yeah, there are a little more scenes, but it still is very clear that this play took place in the Chinese restaurant and in the office, and those are the, could be the only two places, uh, the only two scenes they really needed. Uh, uh, yeah, and just, I mean, how much talking it is. So yeah, it's not so much a shock that it didn't do really well. Uh, no. Even as great as the performances are, uh, again, it's just a lot of talking. Uh, it's true. Uh, which again is... If that's what you know you're getting into, it's good. So yeah, definitely one of the right movies. Uh, as you said, for all, I mean, I feel like a lot of times, you know, you focus a lot on the director, which I don't even think you mentioned was James Foley. Maybe you did. Uh, I did. And again, I think you give credit to the director for letting the actors all shine in this. Yeah, But I feel like you particularly give less credit to actors sometimes, and I think this is a good one to give tons of credit to all the actors. Uh, I again, like I said, it's my favorite Pacino yeah. performance. <laughs> Which is and a pretty big, a good performance by by claim. friend of the show. Right, I know, and a, a great performance by friend of the show, Jack Jack Lemon. Yeah, exactly. Yes. We, we've definitely been loving Jack Lemon. Uh, Al Pacino. I mean, we've got two Al Pacinos in a row here. Right, Al Pacino this year. Uh, right, right. And yes, I always love the Bond villain. So, Jonathan Price. Right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, so yeah, so I my top five for this week uh, is top five talky movies, and I don't mean movies that then had talking in them. Uh, <laughs> went from silent to talking, yeah. uh, but movies in which it's a lot of talking. <laughs> well, all five of these did come from the the sound era, yeah. so I should. So they are talkies in the in the grand scheme of things. I could have gone with Margin Call. Uh, I could have gone with this movie, which is not on the list. Margin really? Call is yeah. Um, although it would have been six or seven to be yeah. sure, and I really like Margin Call from the last ten years or so, in which I'll, it's another, it's the Big Short but less funny. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's another one where I, I watch little scenes of quite a bit. Um, I mean, again, it's such a broad. Isn't thing. that also Kevin Spacey? Marjor- Kevin Spacey is in Margin yeah. Call. <laughs> uh, good, good point. I mean, another, it's a ensemble cast with a whole bunch of people okay. in it. J.C. Shandor was the director there. He's very good. I can go with it. I went with instead with number five, um, uh, Mike Nichols's "Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf," another another play yeah. uh, adaptation. I would think a lot of yours would be that, which probably helps, right? Yeah, because there's a lot of talking. I could have gone with "Long Day's Journey into Night," the Eugene O'Neill adaptation, but I oh man, yeah, that is <laughs> the emphasis on long. I mean, it, it, it's not only is it three hours. I think it just—it's one of the longest movies I've ever seen. It just fell oh, wow. okay. forever, and it was—they were being—it was being performed here by, um, you know, by a theater troupe, and I was like, boy, my conflicting desire to seem cultured, 
And then yeah. it was conflicting with my desire to na- not see yeah. that ever. Uh, and it's got a great cat. I think Alan Arkin, actually. A young Alan Arkin is in the movie adaptation. Okay. Don't quote me on that. But anyway, I just can't. It, it, people love that, um, that play and movie. It's got Catherine Hepburn. It's very good. I mean, I, I understand that it would be very good yeah. um, if I didn't find it to be so, you know, unbelievably... Uh, with it. It's Sidney Lumet, who I think is great, but anyway, I'm talking about a movie that's not on my... Yes, um, all right, get, get back to your list. Yeah. Number, but I already said Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, yep. lots of talking, lots of depression, yeah. it's also very good. Uh, another movie that we've talked about, number four, is Certified Copy. I think okay. you'd agree, there's a lot of talking in that. Yes. Would that. Would that fit the bill? I think so. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, number three is probably the Ur... You know, the very definition of a talkie movie, it's called My Dinner with Andre. I, I figured you'd put that on, which I've never seen. Uh, yeah, I should put it on the list just to see what you'd say. Uh, I haven't seen, yeah. Because it's literally just the two of them talking right. about whatever they feel like talking yeah. about. <laughs> uh, Twelve Angry Men, another Sidney Lumet yeah. uh, movie is number two. I can't remember if that was a play or was a teleplay. I mean, it's been a bunch of different it things now. It certainly is a play now, but... It's right. hard to believe it, it wasn't a, because hard to believe it wasn't a play before. But right, uh, I can't remember the, the the deal on that. And then number one is three movies. On, it's the before trilogy: before uh, sunrise, before sunset, yeah, uh, before midnight, in which it's just Julie Delpy and Ethan Hawke talking yeah. for over the course of it six hours or so. Yeah, uh, and they're wonderful. They're great. I love the before trilogy. Yeah, I've never seen those either. Oh man! Again, I, I have no idea. I'm I'm not surprised that you like this, but it wouldn't have shocked me if you didn't, because it 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 is for all the reasons we've kind of been poking fun at it. It does have a kind of pretentious name. Yes. Uh, it is it is starring many people that you cannot like. Right. Which is one of your bug. Right. Which is one of your bugbears. But it's so clear that the movie doesn't like them yes, either. Yes, that's why I'm in a way that I'm not sure that. Um, that Breathless or some of the other ones we've yeah. been talking about are quite as critical. So, anyway, glad you liked it. Again. Yeah, I think because the writing's so good and the acting's so good. Uh, but yes, I mean, it's only 100 minutes, but it does feel longer than that, even though it's not very long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's true. So, uh, it all helps it along. Yeah, it's good. Again, it's, and it's good well beyond the famous you know, first eight minutes. Uh, as you said, since that's not, since your favorite favorite monologue, that's not even your favorite monologue in the movie. So no, no, although it is great, yeah. and it's streaming on Hulu. If you've got the the Showtime extra, I don't yes. think everyone on Hulu gets it. But it's it, also but and it's it also on Canopy and Sling TV. Uh, oh, it is on Canopy. Yes. Well, shoot. And I can that's, buy Canopy. Yeah, this is me. This is me being, being my Shelley. Everyone, go to your local library, get a ca- canopy. I'm t- I love, sh- I love right. canopy. Yeah, you should all do it. Oh, shoot. Uh, okay. And it can be bought, it can be rented for pretty um, pretty cheaply everywhere else. Yeah. Look at you remembering to tell people how to watch the movies we talk about. That's right. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. So, yeah, let us know what you think at watching the right movies at gmail.com, and we'll see you next week. All right. See you, buddy. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for tonight.